Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hey, I'm Scott Pipe. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. All the racing I've done, supercars and, uh, you know, all the GT and drifting and all that kind of stuff, I think it all helps. A lot of seat time and having some good times racing, it's, it's a lot of fun. As long as we don't allow some of the lunatics to um, get the keys, then uh, it'll continue to be at the, um, at the forefront uh, through hard work and diligence, particularly on the part of the team owners and investment by them. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. We're here today with the newest supercar team owner, co-owner with Lucas Dumbrell, Phil Monday, who's been involved in the series for about six, seven years. Uh, try uh, since 97 with Rod no, Nash. Yes, yeah. I know. Yep. I know it goes back that <laughs> goes way. Back but a in while. recent times... Uh, recent times, six years with Lucas. Yes, yep. in fact, I think I met you with Rod Nash back in the old, early yeah. 90s. Um, so you've made some changes recently, but not only in terms of your racing, but your business as well. Now, your business is what? Um, my business was panel beating. Panel um, beating? And uh, I sold my shops um, to a public listed company three years ago and we finished there. I finished that uh, earnout time, 30th of June. So I've retired from business okay. and thought I'd go into my uh, head red with yes. uh, going into uh, motorsport with uh, Lucas. But no, I, look, we've been involved, for, as you know, for years in doing this and. Um, and I really enjoy working with Lucas. I think he's a great kid. He's got an incredible brain and, and very, very clever with what he does. So um, hopefully I bring the other half that he can't do and the two of us make a great team in, uh, in moving forward. Now you've reset for next year a very different team because a two-car Holden team is emerging to be a one-car Ford team um, with a driver to be announced. And, and unlike, from what I understand, we're not going to talk about the name of the driver, it's no. important, but he's an experienced driver, so he's going to bring that to the team. Yep. Um, and obviously with Cam McConnell as your team manager, yep. you've actually got a very different structure from what there's been. Yep. You've got a new workshop, yep. new transporters, uh, so you obviously you know want to do this very serious manner. I'm going out there, give it a red hot go, um, and uh, I think to do something like this, it's uh, very hard to do it on a shoestring, very hard to do it with um, equipment that's not um, up to scratch or... I'm a guy who does something. If I'm going to do it, I do it as best I can do it. So You used an expression just then, I know somebody that you're involved with giving it a red-hot go. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that Phil uh, personally uh, built the car that uh, Peter Brock last drove uh, in the UK before he came back and died, unfortunately, in Perth. But it was a very wonderful uh, Holden, yeah. a replica car, though, wasn't it? Um, we, we built a... a, a because it was uh, Goodwood Revival. So um, we decided that, or, or PB decided that he wanted to do something in an... The year before, I've jumped around, but the year before he did a Vauxhall and he didn't like it that much. He said, listen... That was Baby Bertha, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Yes. <laughs> he said, listen, what I want to do is I want to do one in a iconic Holden car, iconic Holden driver, and let's go and have a red-hot go over there. So we did and uh, had an absolute ball. Uh, good mates with PB, good mates with Bevo still. You come from the same part of the world as Peter came from. Correct. Yeah, we, uh, well, I actually came from Burwood, but uh, he came yeah. out of Hurstbridge, but we live in Wonga Park, so yeah. Yeah, we're um, yeah, in the same area. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah. All right, so um, you've, your business has changed. You uh, no longer have repair management. Correct. Um, that was a very large organisation at one stage, wasn't it? 
Yeah, well, I started uh, with just one site, and um, and uh, when I finished in June 30, we had 42. So, yeah, there was a bit bit happening. 850 staff, I had a bit on my plate, but um, yeah, it's good to good to have a change. I've done that. I've had my business 40 years, so I started my business when I was 19. Yep. So you look at that and think that's quite a a lengthy time to have a business, and uh, anyone in business knows how hard that is to keep it all going. But um, uh, very blessed to to be able to get out and and uh, and in, in good hands with the AMA group. You've put in place all the parts that, to actually have the team sort of probably getting more runs, getting closer to the front end than before. That obviously is what you want to do. You want to be successful in this business. Yeah, I, I, I think um, this going to a one car team. We're going to. Uh, invest um, a lot of money into it, we're going to put a lot of time into it and all of that comes down to putting the whole piece together. It is a business, it's no different to a business. If you don't make it here then you just keep on pouring money into it and um, I I don't like to, I I don't want to be at the back of the pack anymore, I want to be mid-pack to the top ten. You've got a 40 car garage, have you, you say? No, I've got several garages, but I've got about 40 cars. Okay, well, you've got several cars. <laughs> Want to buy some of them? <laughs> Most of them are Holden's own. That's your history, that's your background. Now you're going the other way. Um, you had looked at upgrading with the Roland and Triple H chassis um, and decided against it. Yeah, correct. I don't, I don't think we could have got the car in time for what we needed for next season. And, um, and I am a bit of a Holden man, but I do own three Fords, so... You know, actually, I've got four Fords, but um, I think four out of 40 is not a good run, so I might be selling a few Holdens and uh, buying a few more Fords, I think. Something about you and Rod Nash. He was a Holden man, and now he owns ProDrive. Correct. That's spot on. Yeah, yeah that's very true. I think it's... Um, look, I, I, in, in my situation, this deal that uh, I, I was trying to put together at the start of last season, and, uh, and it took to about uh, mid-season to get that deal together, I kind of look at the... Um, um, the runs on the board that ProDrive are having now and I'm like wow that was a great decision to make and, and I've been mates with Rod for a long time so it's a good I think it's a great um, relationship there and it's um, it's good to be able to um, come out the box with a completely new team, new car, new driver, new everything So that obviously is going to be not only a chassis, the hard metal but also an engine program and technical support? Everything yes, yeah, I've done like a customer car um, package there so that um, we have a great chance to get out there and really give it a shake. People think motor racing is a technical game but as much as it is technical it's personal. It's the personnel yep. that bolt all those bits on. Absolutely. How are you going to now go, you've, we've talked about the top level, how are you going to now go to the guys that actually influence what uh, your driver is going to be driving? Well I think um, the, the, the beauty of this is we've started from scratch so we've got a new workshop, new everything as I've said and um, I look at this and think the beauty of that is um, we're piecing together some of the guys that we need to make sure that this all happens. Um, you can see some of them already, some will announce um, after this weekend and, and into the new year um, and uh, I'm really confident that we've we'll have a fantastic team because it is the team that makes it work. The car's one bit but then the driver's another bit but the team behind them is really important. So into the tractor trailer at the end of this weekend goes two Holdens. Yep. When do when do a, does a Ford land at the brand new workshop and when do people roll in to start prepare, preparing it? Apparently the 15th of December. So um, uh, that's when the new car rocks up and uh, 
and I'm sure the boys will be all over it to um, to work out the, the differences that they need to get them, get their head around. Lucas has been known as having a very small number of people. I can envisage you're going to run a one-car team with almost the same number of staff as what you've had in the past uh, two or three years. I'm not sure the numbers of our staff yet. I've got some another um, option to do something else with our team next year, and uh, and I'll find out that after the silly season's finished here, and see where all the cards land, I guess. And um, and if that's the case, then we might run a super two as well. But at this stage, where one car, um, one um, supercar, and a Porsche in the Carrera Cup. Can I ask you about the panel beating game? Obviously, yep. with so many years in it. Yep. How much has this business changed, and how much? How were you able to stay at the uh, forefront of the uh, business? Because it went from raw iron to plastic and computers. Yep. And it became a very insurance-dominated business. You wouldn't have many people coming in, can you fix my car, no. towards the end. No. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people in the industry, being 60 years of age as I am, and, uh, and being in it for 40 years, you, you have, um, you're continually reinventing yourself. I'm continually reinventing myself. And um, in the industry, um, I would be one of the longest, you know, uh, continuous owners in the industry. Most only half a dozen people who have, have had 40 years in it. And um, and, and I was very fortunate because I, uh, I decided five, maybe seven years ago that I wanted to get out. And I had to have a plan to get out. And the only way to get out was to do what I ended up doing, which was to grow the business and to go to the insurance companies, get some contracts with the insurance companies, which were very unique. I think I was the first or second person in our industry to get a contract with not an agreement, but a contract with the insurance company to guarantee volume which is what we uh, end up doing. And I think at the moment, AMA uh, repairs something like about um, um, 5,500 cars a week. So it's, it's really exploded in that part of it. So in my part, reinventing. Key to, key to life. You've got to reinvent yourself or you just fall off the rails and you're not there, you know. And how different is the industry now? It's, it, it's more a replacement business than a beating. I think it's um, very technical now. Well, not. I think it's, it is very technical. And you have to have training is a major part. So all of the new technology in cars, you've got to get all that sorted properly. You can't repair a car anymore and just knock a dent out and put a bit of bog in it and paint it. They are um, very, very high-tech vehicles. And there is a lot of a lot of skill left in those cars. You still have to be a panel beater. You've still got to know how to weld on a, a rail or, or bond and rivet a rail onto a car or a quarter panel. So there is quite a bit of skill left in that in the industry, and that, that's unfortunately why it's hard to get skilled labour in that in that space. That's the biggest thing that the industry faces now is getting new kids into the sport into the um, industry. About 20 years ago, people were told, "Don't get a trade; you have to have a university degree," and that really made it difficult for all trades yep. to be able to get. And we now see that we move everything off country because we've got no one that uh, has a trade certificate, we've got plenty of art degrees. Yep, so um, 1992 I sat on a um, a business committee with um, Lindsay Fox and Bill Kelty called Jobs Now and that was about getting kids in 1992, getting kids into apprenticeships to get the industry full of people. Back then I projected that the year 2010 we'd be paying 150 grand a year for a panel beater or a spray painter and we're not far off that now for a very good painter mostly getting more than that. So these are guys that are not highly skilled in academics but very highly skilled in their trade and, um, and excellent workers. So you know good tradesmen they can 
demand whatever they want. And I don't think people realise there is good incomes and a lot of work for people to go down that path. They've yep. all been brainwashed into higher education. Yep. I think um, looking looking forward for for anyone. I've got I've got 21 grandkids and I've got uh, six of my own kids and two step boys. So I've got a lot of kids and um, I encourage them to do trades because trades, no matter what trade you talk about, they have to have hands-on people to do stuff. And uh, and there's, you only have so many lawyers and solicitors and accountants and. Um, you know, professional people where you start, you've got to get the people who can lay a brick or put a roof tile on or put roof plumbing on or um, panel bed cars, spray paint cars assemble mechanics, so yeah trades are really important and they will be even more important in the next five years And Phil you know, you've now turned your back on one industry uh, and now full time into another one and next career, um, you put in place one of the things that you really need and that's to have a very experienced motor racing person Cam's yet to actually find his feet as being a team manager but that's yep. all part of his learning curve yes. you've obviously got a fair number of crew you can draw on, you'll be picking the eye teeth out of what you've got now? Uh, 100% yeah, it's, um, and I said just before, it's, it's about getting that team right and putting the right people in place and um, I guess over 40 years one thing I've been fairly um, fairly good at is picking where people fit in the zoo I call it, you know, where do they fit how do they fit into the puzzle and um, um, you know, we have some people doing jobs in any any industry, any business that were promoted into it that are not necessarily good at doing it but they are very good at what they did back before so I'm very good at working out where they fit as I said in the zoo and, uh, and, and we'll have I, I'd like to be as presumptuous as to say within the next two years we could win a championship but you know, we, we possibly could well, we've seen techno, of course, get the right ingredients all there and you can put it in place. Um, the one thing that I would like to uh, let our listeners know about is where the name of the team comes from, 23 Red Racing. So, Well, so 23, uh, not hard to work out, it was my birthday. And, um, and I thought, you know, I've always liked the number 23. So obviously uh, Caruso have 23 on, there, on the Nissans. And, uh, and I, 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 it won't be a conflict, obviously, because, you know, as we move forward, but 23 Red Racing won't be the main highlight of our business, of course, because we have sponsors. But um, 23 Red came from, obviously, my birthday, and, uh, and then we tossed it around. My wife and I talked about lots of stuff, and my kids all talked about it, and they said, Dad, you like 23 Red on a roulette table? I said, I do. I'm like, hey, 23 Red. Hey, that's it. 23 Red, done. 23 Red Racing. And you, you're building a new workshop, very finished soon out in Kilsyth, yep. your neck of the woods, yep. and um, it's going to be a dedicated workshop for the racing. Correct. Yes. So that's, um, it, it, it will rival any of the other bigger teams, I think, in, uh, in presentation. I'm very big on presentation. Presentation's a key to everything, uh, one of the main keys, I think. Um, and Kilsyth shop there. We're going to have an open day to the public about, we're thinking about the 3rd of February, and um, so everyone can come out and have a look at it. We've got a very small, um, well, my old man cave actually we had all my cars. Um, we're going to use that for our fabrication and all of our um, um, uh, assembly that we need to do there. Plus we'll use the um, next door, in, I've got another factory there we'll use for the painting. So we'll do all that. Everything will be in-house. Um, we do a lot of composites, as you know ourselves, so we'll expand that part of it. And then the actual race shop is um, is fantastic. So when you have to come out for that day. I will indeed. I will indeed. Um, it's been wonderful talking to Inside Supercars, to the newest team owner in Pit Lane, Phil Monday, and 23 Red Racing. We look forward to seeing you 
regularly climbing up those sheets. So fantastic. Good on you. Thanks so much. Enjoy Christmas. You too. Have a great Christmas. Thanks for joining Inside Supercars for this series of off-season interviews. We'll be taking a break now and returning with the first full show on Wednesday, February 28th. I hope you can join us then. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.